Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Lystico of the Des Moines Register, along with Tyler Tashman of the Des Moines Register. Uh, the long-awaited emergency podcast, Tyler, but this is not uh, dealing with the offensive coordinator, <laughs> so we've, we've probably got another emergency podcast at some point. But uh, obviously the, the huge football news today is that Caden Proctor, the former Hawkeye commit, commits to Iowa uh, out of the transfer portal from Alabama. So the Hawkeyes can send a, a thank you to Nick Saban for retiring, which opened the, the portal for 30 days for Alabama players. Uh, Proctor talked to us for a little bit today, too. Uh, you were over there with me. Uh, your reaction to kind of the day we had here at Carver Hawkeye, and we will get to basketball at some point as well. Well, yeah, he was here, too. Did, I don't know. If, yeah. I don't, was I met, yeah, he was at the game. It's crazy. Um, it was kind of fun to see him, you know, interact with students a little bit. There was obviously some – uh, excitement and kind of buzz, um, but I think the biggest thing is that this this was a major area of need for Iowa. When you looked at going into the off season, the, the you know offensive line, wide receivers, quarterback, those were probably the three most glaring position groups where you really hope that one way or another Iowa can get better. And, and look, this is a guy that he played every game in an, for an Alabama team that uh, went to the college football playoff semifinals, uh, almost knocked off Michigan, who ended up winning the whole thing. So, like, this is a guy that um, can make an instant impact, that has played legitimate SEC football, that, you know, I think has the chance to really elevate or at least help elevate that offensive line room beginning right now. Yeah, Iowa doesn't really have a true left tackle and really hasn't since Alaric Jackson uh, back in 2020 so they've been kind of uh, and that's nothing against Mason Richmond but uh, he's he's not an NFL tackle he's probably more of a guard uh, so uh, you know you, you trade out uh, uh, Mason maybe kick him inside as a 6'6", 315 uh, left guard and you got uh, 6'7", 360 uh, protecting uh, whoever the quarterback is, probably Cade McNamara this fall. That's huge. Uh, and, you know, Proctor did have some struggles uh, early in the year, but, you know, a true freshman left tackle is going to. And we saw that even in 2017 with Tristan Wirfs when they had to throw him on the field at right tackle as a true freshman. His early t- you know, early games, he had some ups and downs, but by the end of the season he was playing pretty well. That was the case for Caden as well. Uh, you know, my our friend Kennington Smith, who covered the Hawkeyes when Proctor flipped to Alabama, now covers Alabama, you know, had a good beat on Proctor's play this year, and he said he got better and better. Uh, they gave up 38 sacks in weeks one through eight, but weeks nine through the SEC championship, only five sacks as a team, and uh, Proctor's improvement was a big reason for that. So, you know, he's a, an ascending player. It's not like he's a he's, he's a really, really good player, and he's going to get better. Well, I mean, in being an playing on offensive line as a freshman as a true freshman in the sec is no joke like that is that is really getting uh you know thrown into the fire early in your career um the the quote that stood out to me from him was he said this is home i love home this is ultimately where i wanted to be this is the first place i thought of when i entered the transfer portal and obviously there's whole backstory to all of this of that he was committed to Iowa in high school uh star at Southeast Polk then ended up flipping to Alabama and there was a lot of hate from the fan base you know via social media thrown his way but you know that seemed I think it's important to 
differentiate maybe what some of the fan hate was versus how Iowa as a program handled themselves when that split happened because that, you know, Iowa not burning bridges, uh, this was a great example of, of the importance of that because it might not necessarily be rewarded in the immediate uh uh you know in in the immediate time but uh it can it can pay off in the long run and i think that this was a, a great testament to that the fact that uh you know you even look back to the comments tyler barnes made after uh proctor flipped alabama it's very cordial very respectful and uh that's just kind of how the world works right now in terms of you know the portal that um, you know, credit to Iowa for for not burning bridges, for you know sticking to the morals, and um, you know it, it it pays off in a big way now. For sure, for sure, and uh, to not even have an offensive coordinator in place, you know that's uh, that's pretty good to attract basically what I think was ranked as the number four uh, player overall nationally in the transfer portal. Like so, that's a, I mean that's. Uh, especially for an offense, you know, that, that needs absolutely all the help it can get. So, uh, you know, there's, there's really no understating how important this is. You know, uh, it just, it just lifts the offensive line. Uh, you know, again, not saying he's gonna be great as a true sophomore, but, uh, he did comment about, uh, how he, he knows Iowa can get linemen into the NFL. So for a lot of reasons, this was a good fit for him. He said he maintained a strong relationship with Tyler Barnes, George Barnett, Jay Neiman, and Kirk Ferentz. Uh, you know, never really had any negative, you know, feelings, obviously, toward the coaching staff. So uh, a huge, huge development, obviously. Uh, they're way over scholarships right now. Uh, they're going to have to. <laughs> Your uh, scholarship is being taken away. Yeah. I'm sorry to uh, yeah. alert you. Yeah, I mean, they have so many offensive linemen. You would have to think at some point some offensive lineman will transfer. I mean, you, you would think someone be, would exit at this point. I mean, after, maybe after spring, of course, because they can't now. But, uh, you know, they have like, I don't I want to say 19 or 20 scholarship linemen once they get the freshman class in. So I think the numbers will solve themselves. And obviously, if you can get a five-star, you're, you're going to make find room for them eventually. Yeah, and I, I don't want this to – seem overblown that like Caden Proctor is gonna save Iowa's offense or anything because there's still a ton that ton of work that needs to be done starting with the fact that you don't even know who the offensive coordinator is it's like and I think that's actually uh it, it speaks to why Proctor wanted to come here it's obviously it was about Iowa not about the offensive coordinator because he doesn't even know who the offensive coordinator is going to be but um it's a step in the right direction, but there's still a lot that needs to be done in terms of, uh, you know, shoring up wide receivers, whether that be internal development or going to the portal, whether that, and then and then also Iowa's uh, quarterback room. You know, what is that going to look like? It, can Marco Linus take a step forward? Is Cade McNamara going to be healthy? Um, that said, though, this this is a move that is move that helps Iowa get some moving in the right direction now you need to kind of continue to stack these wins in the off season um and hopefully soon here we'll know the offensive coordinator because that'll yeah. allow some other dominoes to fall um and actually iowa also needs a wide receivers coach so i yeah, totally forgot right. about that but yeah so but yeah a, a step in the right direction but more stuff needs to continue to happen on top of it 
feel like uh, kind of the drip of news this week. Uh, God, it's been such a long week. I think I wrote, was it this week I wrote the column about Paul Christ, like, not coming? I yeah. think it was. Oh, and Beth Getz is named. Yeah. Like, it's like. It's so yeah. much is happening <laughs> yeah. ever since that. And, uh, you know, Seth Wallace, the assistant head mm-hmm. coach, Phil Parker, a huge raise. It feels like everything's kind of getting in place for the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Except you know? everything yeah, but. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I think it almost, all this stuff, I think, staves Hawkeye fans off a mm-hmm. little bit, Most I definitely. feel like. And, and there's just like, now there's more, I think, excitement about who Kirk Ferentz is going to pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, really don't have, you know, any names to drop right now. So, you kind of just being patient right now with the process. And I know, I, I keep saying this, but I feel like it's going to come from the NFL. I'll be... Um, you know, that's kind of the lean I have just because of Kirk Ferentz's context there. There's like 14 offensive coordinator openings right now in the NFL, so a lot of movement there. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with even the, you know, the teams that are still in the playoffs, you know. So, so uh, uh, you know, a lot of movement there yet to come. Any more thoughts? Uh, we got some three-word headlines on Proctor, but any more final thoughts on Proctor and anything he said today? Um, I just think also, I mean, the fact that, I was offensive line, and I know that they were a, a target for criticism, but they, they took a step forward last season. It, it was better than it had been the, the two seasons prior. So um, if that unit can continue to build, you know, that's obviously a positive development. But, you know, if they can continue to stack of what they did last season, continue that upward trajectory because it was better, but it's still not, not, not where it needs to be for Iowa to play the brand of football that – uh, you know, it wants to play. So good. Yeah, not much notice on the three-word headlines, but a lot of really good ones. Uh, Cyrus Winters, home sweet home. Uh, uh, James Rogers, big fellas home. John Jack, sweet home Iowa. Um, Dustinson, uh, most valuable Proctor. <laughs> so a little MVP. Cody Hills, Tyler Barnes knows. Uh, Kenzo Proctor, a gamble? How about that? Good job, uh, McKenzie. Um, there was one in here that was kind of funny, I thought, because Caden said initially he didn't want to settle for Iowa. Right. Um, and he said, uh, uh, one of the headlines here, where was it? Uh, and him and Xavier Wampa, him and Xavier Wampa now reunited at <laughs> Iowa. So that's, uh, you know, another thing. I think, you know, Xavier Wampa had the tweet earlier uh, this week, and um, now that uh, it's coming together, we have Chad over here just <laughs> just hacking, so I'm trying to burn some time as he gets himself together. But Struggling, struggling. <laughs> uh, Kennington Smith texted me a three-word headline, Time Heals All. thought that was a good one. Yeah, very so, much. So uh, it was about 395 days between his decommit and his recommit to the Hawkeyes. He did say he will start classes quote-unquote soon. He is enrolled already in the university system, so uh, no word if he's going to have 74, which is his number in high school and in Alabama. Trevor Locke has that number right now. Do you want to talk a little hoops? Yeah, sure. Before we go? Yeah, yeah sure. Hawkeyes lose to Purdue 84-70. to 70. Uh, There was a good energy in the crowd, though, today. I know you've been at all the home games, and uh, I have not. I've missed a lot of the home games, but uh, you said it was the best crowd all year. It doesn't surprise me at all. It was a good crowd. Yeah, best crowd, uh, best energy of the season for a men's game at least. Um, Iowa losing to Purdue. Feel like there there are some positives you can take out from it. I mean, so it was eighty four to seventy uh, final. 
it, it was really a, a stretch in the first half that really hurt Iowa uh, 16 to 2 in Purdue's favor and, and they were basically forced to play from behind the rest of the way uh, I was still searching for that kind of signature win to put on its uh, NCAA tournament resume as it's now kind of worked its way onto the bubble but but there was clear growth you know between if you look at the last Purdue game which kicked off a, you know a really bad three game stretch um, into where Iowa is now I think you feel a lot better where the Hawkeyes are at this point um, than, than at this time last month so uh, kind of a mixed bag you know I think you could look at uh, the game in a few different ways but uh, you, you know certainly from my point of view you I feel better about what Iowa can do this season, um, you know, right now rather than a few weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I feel like the basketball result, like, doesn't matter that much today with the Proctor stuff. And uh, you knew you were probably going to lose to the number two team in the country anyway. I thought they gave them a pretty good game. Uh, you know, didn't didn't score any points in the last 422, so that's pretty bad. I mean, if you, if you score anything, I mean, Peyton Sanford had a couple open threes in that stretch, uh, but they were really they were gassed, man. And Fran didn't use his bench much. I thought it was I was frustrated that he they let Owen Freeman sit on the bench so much during this game with the foul trouble. So he basically fouled his own player out. I don't like that when he does that. Um, but uh, he always likes to rest his guys, so he has him full strength at the end. But I felt like he waited a little too long in that sense. But I mean, that's a tough tough matchup for Owen Freeman going against Zach Eady, who had 30 and 18 today 30 and 18 and I know how much you love Purdue yeah uh not so much but uh I mean I mean Iowa showed fight they were down yeah. 19 around the 13 minute mark of the second half and they ended up cutting it to eight with yeah. like less than three to go so they I mean they showed fight um you know this was and I know that people have kind of piled on Patrick McCaffrey this season but I think this was a game that they could have really used him just his length his size um you know and being able to disrupt especially um when Iowa goes in that press because uh Peyton Sanford had two fouls in the first half only finished with two uh but Freeman got in foul trouble uh Dembele left the game in the second half uh due to an injury it sounds like it's unclear exactly what the timetable for him returning is but th- this was a game I think Iowa could have really used Patrick. Just they, they just needed bodies and length and size. Yeah, they did. Um, I, I feel like he would have really helped. And I know, like I said, he has been a target of criticism. You know, you can you know, if you want to disagree with me, but I feel like he would have been really helpful in a game like this. No, definitely agree. And it sounds like he's got a shot to return against Maryland. He was fifty-fifty today. So uh, I looked at Ken Palm and I put this in my column that. Uh, Ken Palm projects Tyler Iowa to win each of its next six games. Now they're very close, tight margins. One of those games is at, Indi- at Indiana, actually. Who's just taking a nosedive? Yeah. Right. One now. of them's at Michigan, so they got a ch- they got a chance to and hit some vulnerable teams here on the road, even. But my argument against that is, I think Iowa actually they they should want to play good teams at this point because their three best wins are Seton Hall, Minnesota, and Nebraska. And that's not like the selection committee isn't going to look at those right right now and be like, wow, those are great wins. Like they're solid. Iowa needs to do some stuff to move the needle in their direction. Um, They play (laughs) Illinois twice. They play Northwestern. They play at Michigan State. Uh, There are opportunities to get that done. You also look at the, the Big Ten tournament, but um, if I was Fran McCaffrey, I wouldn't want to wait, you know, procrastinate that long to right. get it done. Um, so Iowa, you know, not really the worst loss was Michigan. If you want to 
look at that as a bad loss, which is not terrible because it's a, a Big Ten team, even if they're not very good. But Iowa needs to pick up some resume-building wins down this last stretch. And I, I think they can the way they have played, but they need to make it happen. Yeah, I think this I think this team still has a chance to get to the bubble by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a key stretch coming up. You can't, you can't really go like two and four in these next six. You need to probably go, I don't know, four and two, something like that, get back to seven and well, they get them seven and six in Big Ten play. So anyway, I'm about to cough again. So you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, just you know, I at the same time can't afford to uh, give away games that they shouldn't uh, lose. Like the the Maryland one is a great example of that. They have to take care of of what they have to do, and um, you know, I think get a little bit more out of the bench. Desante Bowen didn't have any points. Brock Harding didn't have any. Um, Peyton Sanford was three for ten from three. There's, there's obvious room where you know this team still needs more if they want to be an NCAA tournament team. They've grown in the past month, but they need to continue to show that they can do that moving forward. Yep, it was a day of big men at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Zach Eady and Caden Proctor. I think Caden Proctor uh, ends up being the most exciting part of the day for Hawkeye fans. So. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Hawk Central Podcast, an emergency edition. I think it will probably go longer whenever they name an OC. But uh, for Tyler Tashman, this is Chad Leistico saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.